everyone, welcome back to Sustainability Speaks. We're your hosts, Stasia and Saskia. For today's episode, it's actually just me, Saskia, because Stasia's busy, she's actually on an internship. So it's just me today. Today we're hosting Mutiny Shaving in Newport. So Gareth, would you like to introduce yourself, tell us a bit about your background and the company's background? Uh, hi guys, um, I'm Gareth, obviously from Mutiny Shaving. Um, we're from Newport. I'm originally from Caerphilly, which is just down the road from Newport. Um, there's two of us. There's me and Matt, uh, who run Mutiny, and then we've got Kirsty, who works with us as well. So we got uh, a little trio. Um, and the background of myself is I left school with no idea what I wanted to do, really. Uh, Travelled for a bit, worked in various factory jobs. Decided then... I quite like films, went to film school, became a film editor for 10 years, worked on various projects. Uh, and then towards the end, I sort of started working with a lot of underprivileged children at the valleys. I've been in a place called Murtha, uh, which was really good. I really enjoyed working with them. And I realized that that's the sort of thing I wanted to go into. So I started down the career of social care, worked with Bernardo's. Uh, with young families and then sort of sidestepped into mental health, worked in occupational therapy for four years. And then we started Mutiny. And then over the last couple of years, I gradually downed my hours of work in occupational therapy and finally gone full-time last year with Mutiny. Matt, the business partner, he was in a rock band for a few years and then decided that he was getting a bit old for that. Started, well... Changed careers then as a teacher, and he's working secondary school teacher, and he works part-time at Mutiny. He works three days a week as a teacher and then two days a week at Mutiny. And that's our background, really. Yeah, that is quite a journey. So how did you, Matt, decide to start Mutiny? Where did this idea come from? I I mean, we have a lot of ideas, me and Matt, over a couple of beers, and he had an idea one day that he was going to start selling shaving kits because he just he was just refusing to pay the money that certain big companies were charging for their razor blades so he had an idea to put like a little shaving kit together with a razor and some shaving cream and a brush into a little box and sell it on ebay which i thought was a, a great idea so we said well why don't we me and you club together i think we both put 50 pound in each we started we, we bought a little bit of stock and we started selling them on eBay and they sold really quickly. It surprised, they surprised me to go on. So we started as a little side hustle. We thought it'll earn, you know, an extra couple of pounds, see how it goes over the next few years. And um, it, it grew really quick. So then we sort of, within a couple of months, we realized that selling other people's razors, selling other people's soaps and brushes wasn't really you know, the way to go business-wise. So we decided to sort of come up with our own brands, our own name, and that's where Mutiny came from, really. We thought instead of sort of buying certain, you know, certain soaps, certain things to put together, we, we could start looking at creating our own. Um, and that's where we went, really. I think we started Mutiny around about 2014. And we started having little boxes with a little stamp, which we hand-stamped every single one. And then we still used other people's sort of soaps and that, but we sort of gradually brought our own brand and our own logo into it before we started collaborating with other soap makers. And obviously it started growing, growing quite quickly. 
and we went from there really. So when would you say that you were fully using your own products? At what point had you completely switched away from using other people's? I think it, it, it took quite a while to start using our own products because obviously, I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. We, we were just sort of buying certain soaps, certain brushes, putting them together in a box and just selling them online. And all of a sudden we thought we need to start creating our own, but we had no idea where to go for that. So I think the first place we started looking was we needed to get someone to sort of create soaps for us. We couldn't do it ourselves. We didn't have the time because we were working full time. So we we sort of put some feelers out and, and found out uh, a lady up north, I think it was up in uh, Derby, who, who was creating soaps. So we sort of asked her some ideas whether she would be willing to sort of create some soaps for us, which she did. And I think we started with one original, just one soap, because we thought we don't want to start with too much. We'll start with one, see how that goes. Um, and that was it then. So we first had our, uh, I think it was around about 2000, end of 2014, maybe beginning of 2015, we had our own soaps created for us. We then started looking at the shaving brushes, which was really difficult because we, again, we had, we had no idea anything about shaving brushes, you know, what, how you made them, how we, we knew nothing about them. We were just importing from China and, and putting them in. So we quickly realized that we had to try and create our room. We're obviously here in Wales, it's limited manufacturing. So we found a place up in Scotland that created like children's toys from wood. Uh, so we contacted them and asked them, what the chances are of them creating shaving hands for us. So they basically said they'll, they'll give it a go and they did them for us. And I think the first ones they sent back were the square ones, which we still use now, which we were a little bit concerned because of the shape, but we used them straight away and we loved them. We thought it's such a unique and iconic shape. Um, and that was it really. So then we had our soaps, we had our brushes, razors, was another step but um that is that you know we're still looking we're still sort, sorting that out now but then that's when we had our we had our own soaps we had our own brushes we were able to start putting our own little sets together and that's where mutiny really started then we started selling online on our own website and it sort of took off and i think the first time we really took off was i think in around about 2015 it's so long back. It must have been the end of 2014, the beginning of 2015. There wasn't that many sort of plastic waste stores, zero waste stores around. In fact, there was there was none. There was none around. You know, hardly hardly anything at all. Um, and we were contacted by by a store in Bristol, I believe. And then they had seen us online and they wanted to stock us. And then obviously we were sort of we thought that was fantastic. So we started supplying them with our little boxes. And then as soon as other little stores started opening up, they were sort of following on what the original store was selling. So they seen that they were stocking mutinies, so they would come straight to us. And that's how we sort of started growing into wholesale then as well. And that's where we started just getting that little bit bigger. Now you sell on, um, because I actually have your product. I have the square brush like you, you were talking about. I bought okay. mine from, oh, I'm, I'm going to forget the name now. Is it Free the, in the Wild? Uh, Peace of the Wild. Peace of the Wild, yeah, that's where I got mine from. And that's where I first found out about your brand. And then I went directly to your website because I enjoyed 
the razor so much and the little set it came with. I have the yeah. soap. This I can't remember what flavor it is or scent. It's it came in a little orange package. Yeah, orange, orange. I think that was the orange and lavender. Is it? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Well, that sort of leads us nicely onto the next question, which is we've well, we've discussed this a bit. Is what products do you have on offer, and how do these products work? Um, in particular, the razor because these are safety razors, so they're not the same as normal razors, are they? No. Um, I mean, the it was really I saw it was really interesting just to go back a little bit on on the sort of the story of mutiny and history of mutiny is we sort of initially set mutiny out with no idea what we were doing. We we initially set it up that we were gonna sell it to uh a younger sort of demographic, the young lads who didn't have the money to spend on Gillette. And we sort of targeted it at that, the sort of Jack Daniels drink, drinking uh university students sort of who were sort of didn't have the disposable income that you know you know so we sort of targeted that when we initially set up mutiny and very quickly we realized that that wasn't our demographic at all and the people that were started by mutiny were uh, mainly vegan were plastic again you know against plastic uh, totally against plastic which is not what we set out to do really i mean we sort of we sort of we did it but it wasn't by we didn't intentionally set up Muni to be plastic free. It just that just sort of happened with the products we were selling, and we realised then that you know our demographic was sort of vegan. Um, they had a little bit more disposable income to spend on the product, and also I think sixty to seventy percent of our customers were female, which totally changed what Mutiny and and sort of how we were looking at going forward. Really, so we we sort of quickly realize that we have to alter our business and how we're going to go forward in creating something that is gender neutral and unisex really that we're not really pushing that you know at that time i think if you were buying gillette or certain certain products as a female as a woman you were, you were they were charging you more for these razors and a lot of people then were coming over to us and saying, well, I, you know, I'm going to go plastic free. I'm going to buy your traditional razor because it's the same price as everything else. It's cheaper. It's zero waste. It's plastic free. Um, and you're not charging us. You know, there's, there's, there's no sort of extra cost for it. So we sort of looked at that and we thought we need to sort of keep everything simplistic, you know, gender neutral. We're not going to push either way. You know, our products, they still are for, literally for everyone. Anyone can come on our website, you know. Um, and that sort of changed what we were selling then because they were, you know, alternatives to go down different routes of different razors and different things. And we thought, no, we'll try and keep it simple. So we started offering rose gold as an alternative because we just thought that, you know, it, it gives the option. So we, you know, with us still our mainstay is our rose gold razor and our chrome razor. They are, they are sort of our mainstay. And then we have our sets, which again, are exactly the same as when we started. It's the, simply a handmade soap, a chrome or a gold razor, traditional razor, and the shaving brush, which hasn't changed. I mean, the oak is still is coming from the same place. It's the same shape and the boxes, you know, are the same. So none of that has changed really. But we also offer, obviously, the issue we've got is that the shaving brushes, because 
you know, obviously we're vegan and we're against any, any animal cruelty. We refuse to, to use animal hairs in our shaving brushes. And at the time, and still now, uh, a majority of shaving brushes use sort of boar hair or, you know, whatever animal hair, really badger hair is the big one. So we sort of railed against that and said, we're not, we're not doing that. So the only option we had was to use nylon synthetic brush. So that is the only sort of drawback to our plastic-free. But, I mean, obviously, it is recyclable and it is, it's going to last you a lifetime or if not a lifetime, a long, long time. Then the sort of the alternative to that is we now offer the shaving pouches and the sets as well. So, and we also, because of the demographic we were finding, obviously a lot of women were buying, we sort of quickly realised that they don't necessarily need the shaving brush either. Although, you know, a lot of people do, a lot of women do use it, obviously to exfoliate and, you know, prior to shaving. Uh, a lot of them didn't. So then we, we brought up the Mutiny Minis, which is just a, a shaving, a shaving soap and a razor. So that's still in our... Uh, in our range now and it's i mean we're trying to expand it we've just gone into various soaps we shaving soaps uh cleansing soaps we now offer skincare as well various skincare and we're just trying to grow it slowly i mean we're aware that you know there's a lot of competition out there at the moment we're we're in no rush to sort of just throw everything out there we're just bringing things out we've always grown organically we're still a small company we're a lot bigger than we were a few years ago but we're just growing Nice, slowly, and manage, manage, we're managing it quite well, I think, if that makes sense. And the product range is, is growing all the time, but it's not it's not growing hugely. Mm. That's really cool. I'd like to hear a bit more about your skincare. So what sort of things do you have on offer? Like you said, cleansing. Do you do moisturiser? We don't do that at the moment. Yeah. We're looking into that. There's a lot. I mean, we, we, we've collaborated with a lady from Cornwall. So, I mean, we don't do any of our own skincare. Mm-hmm. We collaborate with uh, someone in Cornwall who creates everything for us. Um, and we sort of started with a bare minimum of just face balms and shaving balms. And now we sort of pushed our way into, we're doing foot balms and body butters. We do face serums. Um, and we do beard, we do beard balms. So we're sort of pushing the range out there. We we will have a um, sunblock coming out soon, which is totally vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will be looking at moisturizers and ver- and various other things. We're just really sort of reluctant to. It, it's sort of a drip feed with us. We're not going to sort of. We, we there's only three of us, so we literally can't we can't cope with having too much mm-hmm. stock and too much variation at the moment. So we're going to try and grow it slowly but it, it has been a real success for us the skincare people seem to really seem to really like it and it's, it's something that we are going to grow yeah as someone who burns a lot i'll definitely be having a look into your sunblock i think that'll be very useful for the summer months hopefully, hopefully that should be out uh within the next couple of weeks i think but yeah we're still yeah. everything takes a while because obviously it's got to be tested and it's got to mm-hmm. go to the labs and everything so everything you know we can't just decide to do it, it takes months and months to get these things out so everything's got a sort of process now it's, it's really sort of complex but yeah that's just how it is isn't it yeah definitely so you guys launched a new campaign in may where you correct me if i'm wrong are using fishing rods and turning them into razors yeah we i mean 
that's our, that's our newest hybrid. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I don't know if you want it. If I mean, there's there's a this is sort of a long story to the hybrids and to what we're doing. Yeah. But I mean, our newest one is basically we've been we've been working on it for a long, long time. And there's a company up in Cornwall called Fishy Filaments, and basically they they reclaim used fishing nets from the sea and they donated from the Cornish fleet as well so when they're sort of broken or when they can't be used anymore they donate into fishing filaments and then also you know if they can rescue them from the sea they do a lot of that as well but basically then all these fishing nets are broken down and recycled into a filament which is then we use then to 3d print our newest razor so the handle the, the, the whole of the handle is basically 3d printed from yeah used recycled fishing nets and I, we know this is a massive problem we've been working on this for a long time i think it's been about a year and a half we've been working on it but it's been really it's because of the nylon because of the filament is slightly different to normal because of the what the fishing nets are created from they're slightly harder to 3d print so we we found a fantastic company up in cornwall called uh 3d print and they've they've worked with us really well now and they and we've sort of managed to get it to to the level that we're you know we're really 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 proud of really pleased with so that's our newest that's our newest one and then we've also got quite a range of of hybrids out at the moment and coming out we've got a new range coming out which are created from recycled plastic bottles we've got ones that are created from recycled carbon fiber reclaimed and recycled wood and we just see this as the future for us because going back to the going back to the uh, the cornish fishing net hybrids our next step is sorry i let me just clarify the hybrid for you because i'm talking about the hybrids like you you guys all know exactly what hybrid is and it's, it's kind of difficult the hybrid is it's a metal headed razor so it's a traditional razor like a three piece razor but the handle is totally 3d printed because what what a lot of people sort of do struggle with the metal one is it can get quite slippery sometimes so this is our uh, foray into, into creating our own razor, really, because we don't really want to be importing and selling other people's razors or, you know, from various, from China, because obviously we want to gradually bring everything in-house. So the manufacturing is very hard, and this is no one really doing it in the UK. I mean, you will see brands telling you that their razors or whatever are created and, you know, manufactured in the UK, but... Most of them are created from, you know, created in China, imported, rebranded over here. So the way we see it going forward is a 3D printing is the thing for us. And it's the way that we've got total control. You know, we've got total transparency over everything that we create. So the hybrid is our in-between at the moment. It's because we can't actually manufacture the whole thing at the moment. So we use the head of a, of a metal, our chrome metal razor, but then we 3D print the handle so that's where you know at the moment we're, we're we're creating them from recycled fishing nets and we've got lots of other materials which we use the next step to that is to totally 3d print a razor which we're doing at the moment um we've just created one totally from the recycled fishing nets so basically every every part of that razor is is 3d printed and the beauty of that is the future that we see with mutiny is that anyone in the world can download, go onto our website, download our 
file and 3D print a razor if they've got the ability to do that. We're looking at stores that we supply to across the world, you know, in the future, being able to sort of download on demand the razors in the materials they want to print. So it just totally cuts out manufacturing waste, manufacturing pollution, transport pollution. And that's what we're sort of looking at the future of Mutiny. So it's, we're not quite there yet, but it's something that we are working towards. But the hybrid is, is the in-between step, if that makes any sense. Oh, and it's something that we're really, really, we're really proud of and we're really passionate about. And how have you found these razors? Have you found that these have been more popular than the traditional chrome razors? Or is it sort of similar? Uh, the hybrids, the, yeah, they're nowhere near as popular at the moment because I, I just think people still don't quite get what they are, which is totally understandable. And I, I especially when, you know, sometimes people see them in, in the shops and they think, oh, they're not really sure because they just look like plastic razors, but they don't really understand that they're 3D printed from cornstarch. So there's no plastic involved. It's sort of biodegradable. They're, they're industrial compostable. Um, there is a massive difference. So we're sort of aware that it's going to take a long time to sort of to get these in, into people's conscious and into the mainstream, really. But I think the, the difference between, I like to think that, I mean, Matt, my business partner, will argue differently than I expect because he's more business orientated. I'm more ideas, technology and future thinking. So I think the difference between Mutiny and other sort of companies and other brands is we're, we're not just there to make the money. We're not just there to sort of sell the razors. We're, look at, we're actually looking at the things that we can create and looking at cool designs and cool new razors and the difference they're going to make in the future because, I mean, our metal razors are fantastic. They really are. All metal razors are fantastic. They're so much better for the planet than disposable razors. But at the same time, they still, they still need to be manufactured. There are still implications to the planet, there's you know there's still pollution involved in mining, in mining the metal, in creating the metal, and even though these razors will last a lifetime, it's fantastic. But going forward, you know we need to look at ways that, you know, if it's possible to create razors that have literally got totally no 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 negatives. So that's the future we're looking at with the hybrids and with the totally three D printed razor. I mean. That's where we want to go. We want to try and cut out all manufacturing pollution, you know, um, especially a lot, of, a lot of companies importing from China and, and countries where they may, they may well have fantastic working conditions over there. But I don't think we can, unless we're there on their shoulders watching what they're doing, you know, every second, we can't, we can't be in control of that. So I think we need, as a company, as a business, we need to be looking forward, bringing everything in-house so we've got total control and transparency so every we can see exactly the pollution and the problems we're making and we can make that known to everyone mm-hmm. uh sorry again i've gone off on a massive time no no yeah that's definitely a really good point one thing about importing is as you said you never know what the factory conditions are like um in terms of like human rights and things but also in terms of sustainability because a major issue at the moment is that people are becoming more aware of sustainability and because of that, obviously, greenwashing is on the rise. So I think sometimes it's really hard to distinguish between when manufacturers are genuinely taking these steps or when they're just saying this for business. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's a massive problem with that at the moment. And I think it's, it's really easy to sort of 
well, I think it was really easy to sort of pull the wool over people's eyes. And I think that's getting harder and harder. I think we've just seen the big thing with Brewdog at the moment now. And I think that's that's going to cause a lot of a lot of ripples throughout all industries. And I think people are becoming a lot more aware of of these things. But I, but I still think we've got a long, a long, long way to go. And I think there's, there's still a lot of I mean, I have it every every single day on Instagram and on Facebook. You see the big companies advertising their razors and their sort of vegan, their vegan friendly blades, and you know they recycle all these cartridge blades now. And you just think, well, plastic can only we, you know, people are knowing now that plastic can only be recycled a number of times. I think it's three or four times before it ends in landfill anyway, because it ends this, you know, it's it's, it's life. So I think that's you know, people are sort of cottoning on to it but I still don't think they I still think they're taking what these big companies are telling them and I think that's where you know the problem lies and there's a lot of big companies out there who are saying you know buy our razors they're eco-friendly you know we recycle the cartridges you just got to send the cartridges back to us and then you think well you know the, the transport pollution on that alone you know if you've got to send all them razors to various places must be massive and then how do these people know that these uh, cartridges getting recycled Totally. I mean, we don't. We're just taking their word for it. And I think there needs to be a lot more transparency um, with all companies, really. I mean, with our razors are 100% recyclable. Mm -hmm. Our metal razors, they're basically basically three-piece razors where they come with a handle and a two-piece top. You unscrew the handle, take the top apart, you put a metal razor blade in the top, put the top back on and screw it back up. And away you go, that's it. And I mean, then blades will last you probably, I mean, at worst, three or four shaves. They, they, they can last you weeks if you don't, you know, if you don't tend to shave that often. Um, and then basically, then blades are 100% recyclable. And not only that, they're infinitely recyclable. So whereas with plastic and cartridge things, you can only recycle them three or four times before they reach, they reach their end of their life. With metal blades, there's no plastic at all involved. With a metal blade, these can be recycled forever. They will just keep getting recycled, you know. So there is, I mean, obviously, there's always going to be some slight pollution along the way, but basically they're as good as it's going to get at the moment. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, we're really proud of, of our razors. But again, we're always looking not just for next year or the year after. We're looking for five or ten years down the line, you know, even longer when, you know, when there's, there's more issues coming up. That's why the hybrids and our totally 3D printed razors, I think, are going to be, you know, important in the long term. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I actually use this razor. And I've got to say, when I bought it probably over a year ago now, it came with five blades. And I've only just put the fifth one on. So those five <laughs> have lasted me well over a year. But also, admittedly, I don't shave that often. Well, that's it, and I mean, I, I mean, but even if you, even if you did, even if you shaved every day, I mean, even if you, some people shave once, twice a day, you know, mm-hmm. morning, you know, even, even if you did that, these blades are so cheap. I mean, it's basically, I think we we charge twelve pound for a hundred. You can you can get them online. There's, there's all sorts of places you can get them from. So you haven't got to get everything from me. You've got to get the blades from me. You know, our razors, all blades will fit our razors. So if you find better blades. And that's the beauty of it. You're not locked in to just buy in one particular blade at our set price. You can buy whatever blade you want. There's, there's hundreds of different brands out there, different prices, different places. 
And literally, even if you use one a day for the next year, you probably the most you're probably going to spend is around about twenty quid a year on shaving. Mm-hmm. Which, if you were if you were quite that to what you would be if you're using disposable razors, is is mind blowing. And I think that's the big thing that, sadly, that's that's. I mean, not sadly, because obviously people that is a massive. It's an important part of people's lives, isn't it? You know, it's it's hard enough. You know, paying for you know food, petrol, whatever you need, your bills up to you. You don't want to be spending hundreds of pounds on shaving when, if you say to someone, you know, you switch over to mutiny and it's going to cost you twenty pound a year to shave, people are like, I don't. That's mind blowing. That's brilliant. And then you say, plus, it's really good for the planet. It's 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 a win win, isn't it? Yeah, it saved me a lot of money. I used to buy the the ones where you take the head, you know, the head, you've swapped the heads on. And I think you yeah. get three heads for £12. So I used to spend maybe £30 a year on yeah. just the, the heads and they were plastic and they go in the bin and then, like I said, they end up in landfill. So yeah. these metal, the heads, where do you dispose of them? Do you have to take them to a, a certain point? Well, our, our blades, I mean, because they're classed as sharp, so you, you couldn't just... You couldn't yeah. just throw them into recycling, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's dangerous. But we, I mean, Mutiny, as a brand, we sell a, a, a blade bank, mm-hmm. which is basically just like a little metal tin with a little slot on the top. And basically, whenever you've used your blade, you can you can take it off and just dump it in. It's sealed, so it won't come out. So if you've got kids or anyone around, you know, they're not going to be able to get hold of, of the used razor and the reused blade. And then I think... I'm not sure exactly how many it'll take, but it would take a good couple of hundred blades to fill that bank. And basically, once that bank is filled, then you can just take it to your metal recycling depot, wherever, wherever's, you know, wherever you take your recycling, and they'll recycle you, just put it in, they'll recycle it for you. And that will probably take you, I, I don't know, even if you're shaving every day, I would imagine it'd take you a couple of years to fill that, to be honest yeah. with you. So, you know, you've got, and, and, and that's guaranteed then to be 100% recycled, and it'll be recycled for its life. It'll just keep going and going and going. Whereas the cartridge blades that you were using before, obviously you've got metal and plastic together, but I don't care what anyone says, that cannot be effectively recycled properly. And even if it is recycled properly, the plastic off that will only be recycled three or four times before it reaches its end of life. And then then obviously virgin plastic has to be created for the new ones to come out. So using them even if they're telling you they will be recycled i mean yeah they're doing okay but that's not it's not the most eco-friendly way of shaving yeah it's definitely not and also back to the disposing point some of the old school mirrors in your cabinets in bathrooms they actually have little slits so you can put the razors in and the bottom yeah. for that yeah so if anyone's listening, they've noticed a little slit in one of their cabinets. That's what that's for. Because I, I didn't realise this. I In my uni house, I had one for months. I thought, what is that about? And then I bought the razor and I thought, oh, do you know what? This makes sense now. Years, so, years ago, they used to have a little slot in the wall. Yeah. And they pop them in the wall. So when people, you know, were buying houses, they would knock walls down. They would just be completely filled with razor blades, mm-hmm. which was so weird. But, you know, at the time, it sort of made perfect sense, really. Yeah, that's so interesting. There's probably a lot of old houses still full of full of them in the walls. Exactly. Just moving on to the third question, which we've touched upon quite a lot throughout, really. How important is sustainability to your business strategy and your business model? Uh, it's massive. I mean, it is, it's what we're all about, really. I mean, it's... it's it's what we're, you know, what we're, what we're working towards for the future. And that's why I think, 
uh, Mutiny is about. It's about, I mean, we set up Mutiny, uh, I mean, to be honest, we set up as a little side hustle a few years ago and it went really well. And then all of a sudden, when we realised we need to start taking this seriously, we sat down, we realised what we wanted to do with Mutiny and we thought we need to make something that is, there is, ethical sustainable is and not just in eco eco wise but we wanted to create something in our local area that's going to create jobs as well going forward where and you know we support like quite a few of the local teams and and little bits and nothing nothing massive but you know going forward because we want to create as we want to put as much back into community as we can i think it's it's not all about being as eco-friendly I mean, you know, as possible. That's a, that's a massive thing for Mutiny. But I think we're looking to create jobs in our area. We're looking to create a business that people want to come in and, and you know, work for Mutiny. Uh, people who work for Mutiny enjoy it and they want to create the brand and build a brand up. And if we can build that infrastructure, then also we're, we're creating a brand that is eco-friendly, that is, is leaving the planet in a much better, better state than, than it possibly would be without it. Then I think that's what, we're aiming towards and everything everything that we sell now is uh recyclable or compostable from our packaging to our products and that is that will be the way to go for us right the way forward and we are looking like i say with our hybrids and our 3d 3d printed razors i mean they are sort of they are sort of funny and people are like wow that's a really cool idea and we're like yeah it's amazing because there's sort of zero waste from them going forward and then when people realize that they sort of get on board with it and then they think wow that that is really cool what else can you do with that and then we've got razor holders we've got razor guards coming out now we've got soap holders coming out there's lots of things going forward and i think you know when we're looking at everything we do now and that's why the 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 fishing net one is so big for us because you know, when we thought of when we thought of it, we thought, how, how amazing is it that we can create a cool razor in Cornwall? So basically, it's created from ocean waste that is probably killing or harming, you know, however much wildlife in Cornwall. So we can sort of drag them out of the seas. We can recycle them in Cornwall they can get 3d printed in Cornwall and then we can sell them in Cornwall I mean that's you know there's absolutely no there's no pollution if we can look at that as 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 going as how we're going to go forward as a brand with mutiny and we can do that in different materials in different places I think that's where you know that's that's what that's just what we're looking at and what we're what we're going for really is as as ethical as sustainable and I mean they are sort of these these words are bandied around quite a lot now. They're becoming quite cliched, aren't they? But uh, that is what we're aiming for, and, and I think that's what we're, you know, what we're achieving at the moment. Mm. It's like as you touched upon earlier, it's about also keeping jobs in local areas and yeah. creating sustainability, not just in terms of the environment, but also in terms of like, communities. Yeah, and I think I, I think it's. As for me and for uh, and for Matt and, and for the brand, we've always looked at the bigger picture of building an infrastructure. So it's not just about creating products. It's about before we create a product, we need to we need to work out wh- what is the best way to create that product. How is it going to impact the planet? How are we going to sort of 
how are Mutiny going to create that product going forward? Because you know we can we can import all we want from China and sell them online. It's, you know from America from you. That's fantastic, and you know you know we can, we can do that. But then long term, that's not it's not going to benefit. It's not going to benefit us as a brand. It's not going to benefit the planet. So everything we look at and everything we sort of we work on, we're looking at how we can create that going forward. So you know we sell our metal razors, which are fantastic. You know, we, we love them, but we import them at the moment. You know, we do that once a year to try and cut down on everything. But, you know, we're looking at how can we get them manufactured in the UK? How can we get them manufactured in, in Wales is what we want. If we can't get them manufactured in Wales, can we get them manufactured in the UK? If we can't get them manufactured in the UK, we need to look at something else going forward because we don't think that's, you know, for us, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not sustainable, you know, for the next, 20 years whereas something like the 3d printed razors that we can get printed we have we have got total infrastructure we we can we we know how that's being built we're creating we're creating jobs to, to manufacture these razors um and then we've got total ownership on where they're sold when they're sold if anything goes wrong with them if anyone wants to send them back how do they get recycled how do they get composted we we're always looking at that infrastructure. We're not just throwing things out into into the public, saying come and buy our products. And once they've bought them, you know they don't know what to do with them. You can, are they recycled? Well, I don't know. You know we know exactly. Yeah, you know if you can't recycle it, if you can't put it in your curbside recycling, send it back to us, and we will make sure that it gets recycled, composted, wherever you know effectively. If if it can't, if it's not effective, then we will not. We won't sell it going forward. Mm-hmm. It's just, just, you know, what we are. And I think, like you say, creating jobs is massive for us, you know, in this, in all areas, but especially in South Wales, you know, manufacturing is, is dying, if not dead, to be honest with you. So it's something that, you know, we really want to look at. And obviously it costs a lot, a lot of money to sort of look at manufacturing anything, especially in metal. So, you know, it's not, it's something that we are looking at and it's something that we are definitely going forward with. But cost-wise, we have to look at, you know, whether, whether we can do it. Mm-hmm. So if not, we have to look at other alternatives. 3D printing for us is the, is the biggest thing at the moment. And I'm sure there will be other things coming, coming forward from Evening as well. Yeah. And, and I mean, as a brand, we're looking at not just shaving and grooming. We are looking at a lot of other things as well. So there will be other things from Evening coming forward. And we're also, I mean... Our big, our big picture for Mutiny was my picture for Mutiny was years ago that we would set up a little shaving company. It would do quite well. We would open a little shop, and then we would open a little barber shop, and then next door to that we would have a little coffee shop. So it would be, you know, a little coffee shop where you go in, you pick a number, you sit down, you have your coffee. When your number's called, then you go in for your haircut. While you're in having your haircut, you can buy the Mutiny products, and we just thought that would be. That'll be awesome. So that is another thing that we're looking at as well, because obviously, the more the more things that we can get Mutiny doing, the more jobs we, we we can create, and it's just better for everyone, really. And that's the way we look at it. We're not. I mean, it's, it is again, it's very cliche. We're not in this for the profit or for the money. We're in this because it's it's an exciting business. It's, it's an exciting brand. There's lots we can do with it, and if we can create local, you know, local jobs local careers, local, you know, if you can get kids interested in coming to work with Mutiny, you know, then that's what, that's what we're all about, really. Yeah, I think that'd be really great. I mean, you guys have got a brilliant ethos. You really know what you want to do. 
you've grown really organically. Obviously, you want growth. You want to you want to sort of grow big because the bigger you grow, the more money you're making, the more money you can put back into the business to create other things. But at the same time, you, there's a danger that you grow so quickly, you're just going to implode. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously, Matt Matt's a teacher. He enjoys his job. I've we, we've all got families. And the whole thing with Mutiny is we've got a small office in Newport by the Transported Bridge. And we, I mean, Kirsty, who's fantastic, she does a lot of the work for us. You know, she, you know, she does the packing and the distribution. Um, it's very rare. We all get together. We sort of work remotely because we've all got families. We've got, we've all got kids and, you know, school runs and things. So we work in whatever's easiest for us. So if, if for example... I can't go into the office today because I've got the kids or so and so. It doesn't matter because Matt is Matt will be there or Chris, you know. So we all work as a unit, but we work around not set times if that makes sense. And it's just something that I think that again, infrastructure wise, we will in, in, we will push into mutiny going forward that we're going to be really flexible. Anyone that comes, you know, works for mutiny, as long as, you know, if they come in and, and, and we've got work to do, as long as the work gets done, we don't care when it's done. How you know it's you know we we've all got lives to live, haven't we? And that's that's the beauty of it, really. And I think if you you go too quickly and it all becomes about work, it all becomes about earning the money, and then I think sometimes you forget why you started the business and what it's all about. And obviously, you know, with lives and kids, you need you need to sort of embrace that as well, really. So I think it's just it's you know finding the sort of work life balance. And then moving forward with it, really. Hopefully, mutiny will be will continue to grow and get bigger and bigger. But we're not looking for world domination. We're looking we're looking just to create cool things, really, and fun things. And and, and I, I, it's kind of it's kind of good being a small business because you can pivot and you can move and you can you know when we had COVID, I mean, it was it was a big thing for us because obviously a lot of our wholesalers closed and. Um, they were sort of the ones who were buying regularly from us every month. Suddenly, you know, for a good few months, they weren't buying from us. And we totally understand that, you know, and we're with them on that. But it just meant that our online sales then picked up. So we were able to sort of move with that and, and you know, sort of push the online sales a little bit more than, than we normally would have. So that's, you know, and then work on, you know, different branding, you know, different advertising, just we're able to do a lot more as a small business and I think as a bigger business it's hard to do that so I think that is the beauty of being small and self-sufficient really like I say we started with £100 we've had no absolutely no input from anyone because we we, we haven't necessarily needed it and we didn't really want it we want total control over it we want to be able to sell what we want to sell not have any external input into it mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah no completely and it's you guys sound you're so passionate about what you do and what you want to do in the future and it's really nice to hear and it's also great just to hear that you want to create a business where that is moving away from the more traditional capitalist culture which is if you work 15 hours a day you're more valued than if you work eight and go home yeah i mean i don't yeah I, and i think from working how we've worked with mutiny so far we don't work on on, we, we don't really care what hours have worked as long mm-hmm. as you know as long as the work that needs to get done is done it doesn't yeah. matter and I, I've, I've learned that through my life with various jobs and things I mean we all have and we've all had them bosses who are good we've all had them bosses who are bad and I think you take you try to take the positives from 
the people you've worked with or you've worked under. And I think there's a lot of things that can be said from, you know, you haven't got to work 40, 40 hours a week. You know, if, if it takes you 20 hours to do the same amount of work as those 40 hours, then do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As long as, as long as work is getting done. So uh, that's, that's, that's my, you know, that's my ethos anyway, whether it'll work. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's like the four day work week that they're doing at the moment in Iceland, I think. Um, yeah. I'm really hoping that comes in before I enter the workforce. I think, yeah. And I, I cause I think it's, I mean, you want people who are going to, you want people who are enjoying working for you, want to work for you. And I think uh, just having a couple of days off, I, two days, two days, you know, Saturday and Sunday is not long enough as it because people, everyone's off Saturday and Sundays. Everyone's rushing to do things on a Saturday and Sunday. So if you could have an extra Monday or a Friday off or even a day in a week, I think you just, you have that little downtime to have a think about everything, to spend with your family or just even just spend on your own and just what you want to do. And then you're sort of recharged to go back into work. And I think it's, it's a win-win for everyone really Mm-hmm. but yeah so where did you guys get the inspiration from for the razors and what was the process from design to development from design development i mean obviously the metal razors are already designed manufactured so we as a brand we're looking we were looking to take that to the next level and how how these razors how we can create our own razors or how we can create these razors to be more just basically more eco-friendly and hopefully produced in the UK. So we looked at how we would do that and we looked at 3D printing. We weren't sure what was possible with 3D printing, whether it could be done, whether it couldn't. So we contacted a company in Bristol and basically had a chat with them. And they basically said, yeah, you know, obviously send send a razor over, the original razor, the metal razor, and we'll have a look at it and see what we can do with it. And basically we sent a three, the to raise it over to these guys, they 3D scanned it and then said, yeah, we can 3D print it. So they 3D printed that for us and sent it back. And it was just basically just for us to see what the quality level was and whether, you know, whether these could be, you know, used for mass manufacture or, you know, whether it was a viable, a viable option for us going forward. And we looked at it and it was, I mean, they did exactly what they wanted us to do, but it wasn't quite there and we thought it's not going to work. So we were then, we, we sort of put that on our social media and we were contacted by a company in Chepstow called Iterate. And they basically said, look, there's a funding, there's research and development funded with the Welsh government. Why don't you contact them? And then, you know, obviously, if we can get some funding, we can try and help you out and try and, you know, get a better design going. So obviously, we sort of, we were, we were well up for that. We contacted the Welsh government. They were fantastic. We had a few meetings with them and told them we told them what we wanted to do and they told us what was available. So we had a small amount of money then that was paid to the design company um, in Chepstow, Italy, and they basically had a couple of days with us and told us what basically what is what is out there and what's what's achievable and you know what you can do really. And they designed a new razor for us, which was completely three D printed, and it just it just blew our mind to see what is what they're capable of doing and the sort of the colours and the materials that can be used to create these razors. And that's when we sort of realised this is probably going to be the future for for mutiny, really. Or, or you know, it's it maybe not the future, but part of our future and something that we can definitely look at. So since then, we've been working with Iterate over a couple of designs and trying to, you know, finalise it. And that's where the hybrids have come out. Um, and now we're also working with a company 
in Cornwall called 3D Printing Cornwall, and they've been fantastic with us. They're the ones who we've worked with to create the the Cornish fishing nets, and they've also brought a couple of other things to to the party as well in in, in different printers they've got there and showing us what they what they can do and what you know what is achievable going forward. So I think for that we've obviously you know we've got a, it's a huge amount of gratitude towards to, to iterate and and the Welsh government and also to um, 3D printing call because these are the guys who we're still working with now and you know finalizing and you know we're in touch with them we say what about can we change this slight design so you know even though we haven't got these products out for sale yet there's something that we're working on and, and then once we're sort of happy with we will start we will start putting out there so I just think you know we've got things like 3d printed razor stands so obviously our metal razors are unable to stand upright at the moment so we've got these little 3d printed stand now we can place your razor in and we've got blade shields to protect the razors when you're when you're going around your holidays or your trips or whether they're just in the bathroom if you've got kids you know you don't really want to leave these safety razors around because you know they are quite sharp obviously and we've got these various little products and ideas coming out. So I think, you know, innovation and inspiration has been from working with these guys and sort of us not knowing what is, what is achievable, them telling us this is achievable, and then we work with that, and then we work on to the next level. And I think that's something that, as a brand, we will take, we will definitely take forward. And I think that's the exciting, it's the exciting thing for me, is not that we're just, you know, selling so we're selling skin gear which is fantastic we're selling metal razors it's the fact that we're looking at different things like i'm currently thinking about something that you can add to your metal razor to make the handle less slippery in the bath or the shower and that's something that hopefully can be 3d printed and something that's going to add another feather to mutiny's cap that was something else we offer if that makes sense mm-hmm. there yeah. is just constantly you know looking at these these fantastic ideas, working with these fantastic people who can, you know, help take Mutiny forward. We've, and we've got other collaborators. We've got a lady called Lovely Lydia who does fantastic wash bags for us. Um, and then we're working with a new company in just up the road called Barefoot Technology. And they recycle old wetsuits. So they use old wetsuits to create new bags and, and and various accessories so we're, we're going to be working with them hopefully now to create some other little things for me some other little wash bags and, and various things so you know there's a lot going forward for us and I think collaboration is massive for Mutiny we wouldn't be where we are if we weren't collaborating with local companies you know our skincare our soap our wash bags it's all something that, you know, we're massive, we're really passionate about is finding any new companies that are doing exciting things that we think we could work with. Uh, we get in touch and, you know, we get a couple of projects. We've got awesome collaboration with a guy called Joey Goldstraw and his company is Skate Reclaim Create. And he basically takes old skateboards and um, glues them all together and then creates these awesome accessories from them so we contacted him a couple of years ago now and said look would you be interested or is it possible to create a shaving brush created from recycled skateboards so he did that for us and then we've you know created a set so we've got a shaving brush a soap holder and even a razor handle which is all created from old 
we cycle skateboards. So it's just these things that, you know, these collaborations that we think, you know, you can create such cool stuff. You know, obviously, you know, we're selling them, we're making a bit of money off them, but I just think it's fantastic that we're working with these these great, these visionaries and these fantastic, you know, people who have these awesome ideas to create things that people would never have thought about. We've had people contacting us saying, I never ever thought I'd have a shaving brush or, or, or a razor that was made from, a, you know, ex-skaters who are sort of a bit old to be skated now, but are still still love skateboarding. And they're, you know, shaving with an old, you know, recycled skateboard. They just think it's fantastic. I just, there's lots of these things going out that I think Mutiny, you know, will always collaborate with. And it's something that I'm, I'm really sort of passionate about. No, I think that's really cool. And it's really great. I think it's just a future release collaboration, especially in the sustainable sphere, because it is quite a new area. Like within the past 10 years, I say it's kind of taken off. So we're going to see so much more of these collaborations and you guys are there in the centre of that. I think so, yeah. I, I, I hope so. And I think collaboration is, I mean, it's a, it's a win-win for everyone because mm. obviously, you know, these collaborators are sort of, they, they, they're making they're making what they want to make. They're making a bit of money off it. We're sort of offering these, you know, you know, helping them get, you know, a little bit more publicity about what they're selling. And then people are sort of switching over and going, wow, I didn't even know that was possible. This guy's awesome. Um, so yeah, I just think it's just, it's definitely the way to go. I mean, there's so many, so many fantastic small companies out there and individuals doing amazing things. So why, you know, why would you not want to get involved with them and, you know, to try and to help your brand move along and just offer just, just cool products. I don't know. It's maybe, I think it's the way to go. Definitely. It's a win-win for, for most of the ones I've been working with, I think. And they've all been awesome as well. So, and it's, it's definitely the way forward for us. Yeah, everybody in the sustainable area is very nice. We've not come across anyone yet who's not been so lovely and so interested in working together. So it's great. It's a great sector to be in. Yeah, I think though, I think you will find the sort of the the landscape has changed slightly in the fact that there's so many zero waste stores and and and, and are opening up now. There's a lot more. There's a lot more competition going on now. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's slightly different from five years ago when we started when there was not many around yeah i think there's like there's a lot more competition on getting you know getting your brand in these stores and it's getting it's getting more like it would have been getting into john lewis debenhams a few years ago i think it's there's a lot more competition it's a lot harder and i think you know there's there's, there's a lot more competition across the board out there's a lot more competition for us you know, with, you know, skincare, soaps, shaving, there's a lot, lot of that going on. I think you have to just, you just have to suck that up and say, oh, that's, that's fine. You know what I mean? I think the important thing for us is that when you're buying from me, you're not, you're not just buying a razor, you're buying into the brand. And I think that's what we want to push onto, onto people is it's more than just a razor. It's more than just a soap. You're actually buying into the mutiny brand and what we're about. And we're about sort of giving people the choice and saying, look, you know, you don't have to buy from these big corporate goliaths. There are smaller companies out there. You know, I've got a BS, but you know, you can buy handmade soaps, you can buy blades, you can buy razors. There's loads of places that don't don't believe the hype. There's lots around, and I think that's what Mutiny is all about. I mean, the name comes from that. It is, you know, it's totally about that. Thank you, Gareth from Mutiny, for joining us in this podcast. It was really great to have you. And we'll be linking all of the links in the description down below, so you can take a look at their website and their products. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. It's been fantastic. My first podcast. Uh, hopefully it wasn't too much of a ramble. <laughs> <laughs>
No, so thanks you did well. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to check out others and follow our Instagram and LinkedIn for more updates.